Morning, team. Nice to be company. Welcome to Tuesday. Bill's back with you tomorrow morning. It's LBC 97.3. lot to get through on the programme. Include a terribly sad story in the paper, a terribly sad story about the couple who leapt to their deaths from uh, Beachy Head because their little boy had died at home. I mean, it's a, a story that has got tragedy written all over it, so three lives uh, lost. Susan Boyle, again, and Susan Boyle, again. But there is one big question that so far nobody's asked, and we'll ask it after the news, which is next. Here it comes. Morning, team. Nice to be company. She's still in the Priory. Somebody's paying for it. £1,500 a day, I think, for uh, for Susan Boyle. We always said, from the very beginning, quite clearly, this woman should never have been allowed on this show. She's having a breakdown, and she's doing it publicly. In fact, all the mental health organisations have said exactly the same. The one person who is missing in all of this, the one person who has said nothing, is Simon Cowell. All the interviews, out they drag. Piers Morgan. I'm sorry, it's not his programme. Not his pro- he's just a, He's just somebody who sits on the panel. Amanda Holden. Are these people qualified to talk about this? No, they're not. And then Piers Morgan, and it, quite rightly, Nick Ferrari said yesterday, he said some of the twaddle they've come up with is just embarrassing. You know, you're the best thing in the entire world. No, they're not. Susan Boyle, rubbish. Rubbish. Average church singer. Quite clearly not all there. They knew she was called Simple Susan at school. What did they think by exposing her? And all they've come up with, oh, it's, it's turned into a worldwide phenomena. Yeah, because they've orchestrated it. Who do you think put the YouTube film up of her on there? You don't think it was done by a fan, do you? I mean, you can count Susan Boyle fans practically on one hand, because unfortunately, uh, most of the country didn't want her to win. And quite rightly so. She wasn't the best person. She's a very average singer. Very, very average. And in fact, if you look back, you've only got to look at Simon Cowell the first time he saw her. Well, they say that was the first time he saw her. I, of course, think differently. Because he's the producer of the programme. You don't think they just let somebody walk onto the stage without going through a process. No, they go through a process. They have said, listen, we've got this woman coming on. She's going to look particularly dowdy, so just do your usual eyebrows raise. How old are you? Why age should make a difference? I've got no idea. You know, I suppose they ask the little kids on because they want to make sure they're going to cry just to guarantee they get coverage in the paper. But literally, systematically, they have orchestrated this woman's downfall on all the newspapers. I love the person who's written into me saying, I and many of my friends, colleagues and family. That's generally somebody who writes by themselves, unfortunately. Your constant nasty remarks about Susan Boyle. What's nasty about saying she can't sing? What's nasty about saying that's not nasty at all? That's called being honest. Of course, even you know, if you don't like the truth, it's your own fault. Couldn't give a toss, actually, either way. Uh, loads of other stories in the paper today. Uh, Danny LaRue will come round to a little bit later on. And, uh, and that pla- How can a plane vanish into thin air? If I, if I disappear and I've got my mobile phone, they can track me down. How can a plane just vanish? And all of a sudden, they go, got no idea where it is. You go, but it must have some sort of tracking beacon on board, mustn't it? Must be something that they can find it. Hope so. A4850, stevedlbc.co.uk. Susan Boyle talks to an invisible friend, apparently. Don't we all? Very famous uh, film about that, wasn't there? Was it James, James somebody, actor, who talked to a six-foot white rabbit called Harvey? And it's very fair. I've got a producer who does the same. Sometimes he's sat, it's in the corner, just mumbling away to himself. You know, we just leave him there because he's quite happy. You know, he's not affecting anybody. He was telling me earlier, we're standing by the coffee machine earlier, and he's telling me how he baked a cake. Okay. I don't want to sort of, you know, he's obviously not as butch as I thought he was to start with because he's standing there with his hand on his hip looking a bit like half a sugar bowl, and he's explaining to me how to make. 
had to make a chocolate cake with mascarpone. And I'm thinking, you're telling the wrong person. I'm a Marks and Spencer's boy. I get, I just said to him, I said, listen, I bought two cakes for three quid the other day. Um, if, if he's very good, I might give him one later. Oh, the old gags are the best, aren't they? I was so sorry. You don't need to signpost any of my stuff. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, another one here. And, uh, this says, uh, what a, what a lovely, happy person you are, Steve, first thing in the morning. Do you know why? I'm absolutely, fat because, uh, i tell you for why. Because if I have three, three chocolate biscuits in the morning, that kind of just sees me through the day. And I couldn't be happier, because I went in yesterday. You know that I save my coins. I save my coins. And, uh, and what I do every day when I go in, I take all the money out of my pocket... And I put it into a plastic bag. It's not a funny story. This is, I do it every so often, just to just to see how much I can save up in a month. And I staggered down yesterday to Sainsbury's because they've got one of these coin star machines. And I don't know if you ever use one, but it, it's it's for people who can't be bothered to sit there and count out two p's, one p's, five p's. Because frankly, I've discovered that half a lot of my money foreign coins in it. Euros have managed to creep in. I don't know where they've come from, but they've managed to creep in. It's uh, it's a bit of a shame, really. So I, I amass all this money. So I stagger down to Sainsbury's very early, very early. So I'm quite pleased. Nobody's at the Coinstar machine, and it's working. I think, oh hallelujah! So I start emptying my money in. No idea, no idea how uh, how much money I've got. And at the end of the day, I managed to accumulate two hundred and fifty-four pounds and seventy-seven pence. I mean. Even I was surprised. But what I'd done is, normally, I keep all my £2 coins and I just, I, I sort of just save them. Because I'm, I'm not really a particular... I, mean, I know people think I spend a lot of money. But in fact, I don't actually spend as much money as you probably think I do. I just buy, buy my DVDs and go out for dinner and, and do my shopping at Marks and Spencer. So I'm not really that, that crazy. I could go a lot crazy, but I don't. So, to, so, of course, I'm looking at this thing thinking, blimey. Now, they earn money out of me changing the money in the machine. So they make about 30 quid out of me. And they didn't have to do anything. It's a totally automatic. So I go and give it to the lady Caroline at uh, Sainsbury's Hampton. And she goes, f- first of all, they just sort of pick it up and then go to the top. Then they look at it again. She goes, oh, <laughs> she's crikey. So she has to ring, you know, hello. Somebody, so somebody else comes down. They look at it and go, wow. Have it. So obviously, quite clearly, most people just do 20 or 30 quid, which seems, you know, you've got to pay 7p in the pound. It's only worth it if you're doing a lot of money. And, uh, and what the machine did was, obviously, it's got different shoots inside there. And the £2 shoot was full up. I go out with 60 quid in £2 coins in my pocket. So when I go to Marks and Spencer's later to buy a few, let's just call them undergarments, I have to use my £2. Well, I've never stood there before and counted out £2 coins. In front of me was a bloke returning a pair of pyjamas. And the woman said, I can't do you a refund. I can only do you a credit note. I want a refund, says this man. She said, well, I can't do it. I'm not the refund. Get the manager. So, of course, in the time it's taken her to serve four people, he's still standing there with a pair of pyjamas. Because what he'd done, he's taken them out of the package. Now, you don't know if he's worn them or not. And unfortunately, if something like... It's like taking back pants, isn't it? It is like taking back pants and going, I don't like these anymore. And they go, we're not changing them. It's definitely not going to... It's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> I love it. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Sad news that Danny LaRue died, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on. He had his moments... I bet even Barbara, well, in fact, I know for a fact that most people who bumped into uh, to Danny, Barbara Winsor, who worked with him way back at his uh, club a long, long time ago, when, when Danny had a few drinks, oh, my God, he could let fly. Oh, my God, he could let fly. Very interesting. 84850, steve at And said he was a great man. He, he was what I call a showbiz person. He, was in, he didn't know anything else. And, in fact, you remember that I went uh, the other... 
when was it? About a year, a year ago? Probably a year ago, to a water rat's uh, do. To a water rat's do. And it was to celebrate the uh, the career of Danny LaRue. And so we, we go there, and it was fantastic. I mean, it was really... The, the good and the great were there, and, and I bought a huge... I've got a big photograph of Danny, which is probably about... Look at the height of the producer. Probably a little bit less than him. That's about that height. How tall are you? Five, what are you? Five, eight, five, right, five, eight. So it's probably about five foot tall by about four foot wide. And it's a big photograph of Danny and he signed it. And, uh, and it's wonderful. <laughs> Sorry, I've just read, just read a text message. On that news bulletin, Steve, the guy said that the decorating at Buckingham Palace is looking a little, a little shabby. And I understand the Queen's private quarters haven't been touched for years. <laughs> Did they really say that? Tell me they didn't say that. Oh, love it. Love it to pieces. Thank you. Anyway, so, when I get, oh, yeah, so, so, Danny, so we go to this thing and Danny gets up and, you know, does, you know, ha ha, and does his bit. Now, of course, there is a very famous piece of Danny LaRue on YouTube, which has been put up by an ex producer at LBC called Johnny. And uh, he has a, a hotel now in Bournemouth and he collected LBC. Uh, memorabilia, so a lot of the archive stuff, any sort of footage. Uh, the famous Danny LaRue interview with Sue Jameson is on there. And I think it's had about 11,000 hits, which is hilarious because it's the, the story was, and it, it went out on LBC probably about 20 times in one, in one programme. Mike Dickin couldn't get enough of it. <coughs> and it was Danny LaRue talking about uh, the opening on Sunday. And so Sue Jameson goes down to the theatre and wasn't expecting Danny Rue. She was just expecting a load of people who say, I think they said they wanted to go to the theatre on Sunday and not on Monday. Or perhaps they didn't want to go Sunday, they wanted to go Monday and not Sunday. Anyway, whatever it was, Danny Rue was there. So she's doing her interviews and then comes across Danny and she says to him, I'm not going to play it, you'll have to go to YouTube. She says, but surely, Mr Rue, you're just muscling in on the publicity. Ah, fatal mistake. Fatal mistake. Danny was off on one. He went off. It was so funny. We played it back, and you'll have to go to YouTube and have a have a listen to it because it's it's worth it. It's just Danny Larue meets Sue Jameson. There's no no pictures. It's just the voice, but it's been played out on LBC. If I, I think at one time there was a certain drag queen in London pubs who was also using it as part of the act. I think that somebody had lifted it, and I think Regina Fong was using it as part of the act, doing both voices. And it was, it was very, very funny. Danny throwing the biggest strop of all strops. Incidentally, and I must mention very quickly before we go to the news headlines, that uh, thank you very much indeed for everybody downloading the, uh, the pictures and having a look at them uh, on Chris Christodoulou's website. The other day we'd had, I think it was 89,000 hits to, the, uh, to photo Chris. It's now up to 154,000 hits. So we're very grateful, and many of you have downloaded the pictures, so you can have a look at yourself in the audience. So it's photochris.co.uk. Click on the Steve Allen link, which is under the picture of Rolf Harris, and you can have a look at the pictures there and, uh, and see what a great time we had on uh, Monday. God, it seems ages ago now, doesn't it? Monday. But it is... This was last Monday. It is Tuesday. It is quarter past five. It is Steve Allen's early breakfast. And here come the news headline. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Lynn says, thank goodness for chocolate biscuits. I, too, use the coin machine. With the coins you saved, you now can afford baked potatoes, beans and chips. Oh, I love stuff like that. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. Oh, we've also got a, a how low this morning. And uh, we'll come around to that in a minute. It's a Sony Vio laptop. A Sony Vio laptop. Uh, the Daily Mail, what have they got? Actually, a Susan Boyle suffers breakdown. Ofcom are now pledging to probe after a flood of complaints. Because as this woman was known 
And it had already come out in all the interviews. And also, they were saying she was exhausted. And I was trying to work out why she'd be exhausted. Nobody else on the show was exhausted. She hasn't given extensive interviews. She hasn't recorded an album. She hasn't actually done anything apart from sing the same song twice and appear on YouTube. But, I mean, that was lifted from the show. How you can be exhausted, I've got no idea. Uh, Steve, £254 in a month. That's £9 a day in loose change in your pocket. How do you manage it? Well, because I'm very rich. I think so. £9. Fancy being sad enough to actually work that out. And why would you think £9? Some days... £18. And someday, remember, you go out and you empty your pockets sometimes three or four times a day. I do, actually. <laughs> 84850 uk. So poor old Susan Boyle. Actually, there was a, a thing the other day they were saying, this is day three, I think, in the Priory. So 1500 quid a day or 1800 a day. Uh, somebody's paying for it. And the answer is, she will be. She will be paying for it. And the reason she'll be paying for it is because the record company will take it out of any advance that they might give her provided she actually manages to make it to record an album in the first place, which I think is highly unlikely. However, very introduce, very, very sad in all the papers that there's no comment from Simon Cowell. Not one comment anywhere from Simon Cowell. There's something from Gordon Brown, who, you know, really should be concentrating on other things, perhaps within government, as opposed to worrying about a reality show on the television. But thank God for diversity. Thank God somebody won and knocked Susan uh, off the top, because they were much better. They'd rehearsed for two years for that. Two years, that choreo is stunning. She didn't make any effort whatsoever. One of the columnists says today, she just put a frock on and walked on. No effort at all, I'm afraid, which was, uh, which was a shame. Uh, Steve, says Catherine, watch the YouTube of the Animal Adventure. I think you should get one, an aardvark. Do you know, I'd never seen an aardvark before. Sounds odd, doesn't it? I've never seen an aardvark. I think I'd seen a picture of one. I'd never touched it. And I was touching an aardvark. Ooh, I know, it sounds scary. It was like touching a pig with no hair on it. And so we, we put it up on YouTube, and thankfully it's had thousands of hits. Not as many, Catherine, though, as, uh, as Photo Chris's website. 154,000 hits. Unbelievable, isn't it? Just shows the popularity of radio. Just shows that first thing in the morning, what do people want? They want this. And that's why the audience figures up through the roof again. Up through the roof. Lovely Bryn who is back in the UK. Actually, I should have mentioned Bryn the other day, because uh, Bryn and Annie, as you know, Bryn is a Toastmaster, Annie's currently residing, luxuriating in the bed in France, and um, he, he came over the other day, and I was talking about the fact that Lionel Blair had his celebratory uh, luncheon, 60 years in show business, at the Dorchester, I think. And unfortunately, after the programme, the email came in from Bryn saying that, uh, that he was the Toastmaster for it. And was I going, unfortunately, I didn't go on that day. Unfortunately, I didn't go. A, because I had to go to the Magic Circle. And B, because I then went on to the Henry VIII exhibition down at the British Library, which was fantastic. And he said, so he, he wrote to tell me that he was going to be doing it. And he says, I'm back alone in the UK. Annie, of course, still in France. I'm going back Saturday. Desperately sad about past King Rat, Danny LaRue. One of the loveliest guys in showbiz. Simply adorable. More about him anon. Because I don't think people know very much about Dan. There are lots of um, clips of him on YouTube and the good old days. Mainly the good old days, because that was where people... I mean, I used to sit up just to see um, what he was wearing. He'd come on with these outfits. And, of course, if he came on without an outfit on, you got desperately depressed because you wanted to see another glamorous outfit. And they also had a clip on YouTube of Danny at the Palace, which I went to see as well, and he had loads of people on that. And he came down this staircase in this huge outfit. I think they were all David Cantor designs, but fantastic. He said, I did do the Lionel Blair luncheon on Sunday. Huge success. It was like a who's who of stars and celebrities. Tributes were paid by Sue Pollard in her more remarkable gear, who had to get away for a matinee. Anita Harris... 
lovely. Rolf Harris, no relation. Wendy Craig. Oh, love Wendy Craig. Well, she was the only person I used to be in love with on the television. Wendy Craig. <gasps> uh, Philip Maddock. Wynne Calvin. Sylvia Sims, who was outrageously funny. Les Dennis and the Green Goddess Diana Moran. A half-expected celebrity managed to pop in for literally five minutes. Michael Winner, who had flown in from somewhere just to be there who told us that when he invited Lionel Blair onto a musical film in very early in his career, Lionel was telling him, the producer, that one of the dance routines was not quite right. <laughs> Such was his whisper. But the highlight of the lunch was an eight-minute video of his performance at the Royal Variety with his uh, chum, Sammy Davis Jr. Sensation, very funny, tap dancing, great. Raised a few coins for his favourite charity and left around 5pm. Had a wonderful time recording his 60 years in the business. We missed you, says Bryn. I'd have, do you know, if I hadn't been to do the other things, I'd, I'd have been down there. Nothing would, have, nothing would have kept me away from that one. Uh, Johnny Brixton, a bitch in training, says, just when you thought Madam Vicky Beckham could stay out of the news, it came as no surprise that she got a word in about the small earthquake of 15 seconds in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Vacuous Vicky was allegedly shaken by the tremor. Mm. Some residents didn't even notice it. But ever alert and expert on all things, California made her feelings known. Memo to the fragile one. It happens from time to time. But don't worry. The good people of Blighty are still concerned about your every important thought. Please tell us when your majestic return is booked, because I want to be on holiday, says Johnny. Isn't it funny how all of a sudden she's disappeared off the front headlines because they've stuck Susan Boyle on there? But I still ask the question, why is Simon Cowell, who owns the programme, it's his company that owns the programme, why is he not quoted? Why has he not come out and done a statement saying, we are doing this, we are doing that, and, um, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be looked after. Ridiculous. Uh, I never even saw Britain's Got Talent, says Roger, but she doesn't deserve to have a breakdown. Well, uh, what a stupid thing to say. What if she doesn't deserve to have a, Nobody deserves to have a breakdown. <laughs> and it's, it's not a case of she's rubbish. It's a case of she's an average singer. She's not a great singer. She's very, very average. Believe you me, I'm an expert. I know. I've, I can show you hundreds of letters from people who are professional singers saying she's average. She's average. That's all she is. She's not, you know, she's neither big nor clever. She was always known as the simple one, and they put her on television, and unfortunately what they've, they've created, they're now paying the price of. She's in the Priory. Whether she'll come out and record an album, I've got no idea. Whether or not she'll just... Get... The trouble is, she's been trying for this for ages. Don't ever get the feeling that, you know, she just walked into this. They, they went looking for her. They went looking for her, remember. She didn't go on it. They went looking for her. They'd seen her on the Michael Barrymore show some 16 years ago, and they went looking, and they, uh, and they found her. They found her. Strangely enough, I also live quite close to the Priory, and, uh, and John says the Priory is located a minute from my home. He said the scene yesterday, right, the, remember, three television trucks, 20 journalists, 20 photojournalists. He said, plus CBS, NBC, all over this stupidity that is Susan Boyle. All the hacks complained over their reasons why their newsroom would send journalists to sit outside the Priory. Can we get a reality check? Exactly. There's nothing to see. She's inside, in a room, like loads of other people. All you're watching is people coming in and out. She hasn't got any celebrity friends. Simon Cowell ain't going to visit. All the other people are going to be doing their interviews on the television. And all they're thinking about, I tell you now, this will be a fact, all they're thinking about in the office is going... We've got, a, we've got an orchestra booked. You can't just cancel at short notice. Will she sing? We've got to get this album recorded and get it out there. So, actually, John, I, I agree with you. It's just balmy. And the trouble is, si you know, uh, the other day, Piers Morgan was appearing saying, oh, you know, the whole thing is just, it's, it's just got so big. I thought, yes, because you've created it. You've created it. 
You've kept it going. Nobody needed to, you know, to sort of keep this going. You didn't need to say that she'd gone to the... You just could have taken her away to a safe house. If you want to disappear quietly, believe you me, you can do it. 84850, steve at Because I'm sick to death of seeing Piers Morgan turning up, talking about something he knows nothing about. Does he know about breakdowns? Has he had breakdowns? Does he know people who've had them? No. All they've got to think about, though, is will she record? Because they're, at the moment, they're actually wasting money. They've got a lot of money tied up in this, and they've got to make sure... They've got to make sure that that, that people are going to buy the album. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. No, I think I said 154,000 hits. I think. Get your story right, Steve. Dear, honestly, Sado there, which is the 79349 number. Don't worry, we'll put you into the system. We'll pop you into the system. And uh, perhaps you're one of these lonely people. Steve... Bill Buckley should shut up about Danny LaRue. Doesn't know anything about Danny. I came across him years ago in Harrods, Christmas decoration department. He was buying his Christmas baubles. He had a lovely nose. A lovely nose. Actually, Danny had that's his epitaph. He had, a, he had a lovely nose, Angela. He had a lovely nose. I think, actually, strangely enough, if you, if you looked at Danny making up, and he did um, a show at Guildford called Privates on Parade, where he sat on stage, and I'd never seen it before. Never, ever seen it before. He actually started off as Danny LaRue and then made himself up in, uh, in, into the drag, which, of course, was something that normally people weren't, weren't privy to see. And he sat there doing that. I thought that was immensely brave. Lots of nudity in that show, I seem to remember. So it did fairly good business. Fairly good business. Slumdog Millionaire is out. You have to get it. You have to get it. It's got eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director. Fantastic film by Danny Boyle. The feel-good film of the decade. decade. I nearly bought it yesterday in Sainsbury's with my £254, and then I decided that uh, I'd order the blooming thing. I suddenly remembered, I thought, oh, wait a minute, I've ordered this film, haven't I? And then, lo and behold, I arrive in this morning, and it's here. So, well done to uh, Amazon. Uh, another one here. Oh, we'll, we'll come around to the horse racing a little bit later on. I just, you know, I discovered a really nice place a short while ago. I was, I was looking for, for renting a place for a, a weekend or something like that, and there's a lovely place in Cumbria. And I remember thinking, and I, I must remember to mention it to you all, because it's really pretty. It's got a website. It's Waitbees School. Waitbeesschool.com. And it's, it's part of these uh, Cumbrian cottages that you can rent. This one used to be a school. And there's some pictures on the website. It's got some really, really pretty pictures of it in the snow. and it, Oh, it looks delightful. So it's Waitbees School. W-A-I-T-B-Y school.com. Really, really nice. Lovely looking place. If you want to get away from it all, that looked like the place for me. Uh, they're having a big thing down at Richmond uh, Riverside tonight. Council seem to be shoving things through left, right and centre. So we'll come around to that a little bit uh, later. And I think they're going to have a, a, a slow march past as well. And lovely Noreen, well done. She said it was Joan who emailed yesterday. If I did live in St Albans and did I swim at Westminster, Westminster Lodge? Yes, I do live in St Albans and I swim at Westminster Lodge. Morning, everybody. 24 minutes to uh, six. Somebody reckons that Piers Morgan has had a breakdown. What a load of old cobblers. He's never had a breakdown in his life. He's had, he's had some relationships break off, as far as I remember. Uh, and Dee says, uh, would Miss Boyle have had so much publicity if she'd won and not had a breakdown? Well, that's an interesting question. I've got no idea, actually. They keep saying the Priory's in North London. It's in Roehampton. They've got two. I think there are two Priories. And I think, I kept thinking, who owns it? It's an Asian businessman, isn't it, who owns it? And I don't know, I don't know what treatments they offer, but every time somebody has a breakdown, they go, they're in the Priory. So, uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Driving to Hampton Hill to see my brother, says Dorman Don. Dom. 
And Joni in Potter's Bar says, please wish me a happy birthday on my first day back at work after being in hospital. Good luck back at work. Nothing worse is that you've been in hospital and then all of a sudden you've got to go back. Steve, I met both uh, Danny and Barbara at the music hall in Brick Lane. They were fantastic. Arrived uh, early to see Danny. He was outside walking his little dog. He was very friendly, says Anne. There you go. Uh, 84850, another one here, says, after recent redundancy, joined the rest of the country, I worked in Northampton for a short while and was unable to tune into your programme. I'm now in a different job and thoroughly enjoy listening to the show every morning. Don't always agree with your opinions, but love to hear them and congratulate you on your honesty. But there's no point in not being honest, is there? It just seems a bit pointless to me. I can't bear people who sort of go round houses. If I think Susan Boyle can't sing, luckily I'm entitled to an opinion and I'm allowed to say she can't sing. It's as simple as that. Um, I guarantee that if she turned up for an audition for a West End show, she'd be shown the door immediately. They they just wouldn't even entertain the idea. Uh, Off to Stevenage, says Noreen. Never been there. I don't think, except for shows. You could do a gig there at the Gordon Craig Theatre. How big is it? How big is the Gordon Craig Theatre? <laughs> Ivor. Hello, Ivor. And uh, he's... Do you know, I've not seen him in Twickenham for ages. He's one of those people... That, do you know, I saw somebody standing there the other day. The bus... They had a cup of coffee in one hand and a fag in the other. And they're sort of supposed to be checking these buses. How are you right at the same time? I've got no idea. Anyway, thank you very much indeed for that one. You're right. It, uh, it did make me smile. Very much indeed. And uh, Peter who's in sunny Spain. He sent me some theatrical programmes and a book on Liberace. He said, I have to say how sad to hear about the death of a true star, Danny LaRue. I sent you a programme, one of his shows, Danny at the Palace. The word star is often used, uh, but he was a showbiz legend. Few, few bad years later on in his uh, life. You know what went on, yes. I listened to you on my laptop and will continue to do so. Good for you. It's such a shame, you know, people outside of London don't feature in our figures. I really... Do you know how many priories there are? There's a whole raft of them. Let me just run through them in case. There's one in uh, Altrincham, Brighton and Hove, Bristol, Canterbury, Chelmsford, Glasgow, Hayes Grove, uh, North London, Nottingham, Preston, Roehampton, Southampton, Woking. Uh, another one here, Bristol, Heathfield, Hampstead, St Neots, Potter's Bar. There's an absolute raft of these places. I didn't realise there were so many of them. So... <laughs> The producer just said, you think they do gift vouchers? You know, normally somebody sort of a bottle of wine, you know, you can... Because it's not cheap, is it? It's, it's something like, I think, about £1,800 a day. Cheaper to come around my place. You know, come and sit with my place, have a cup of tea and a chat about things. So, uh, so when they've said North London, there is one in North London and there is one at uh, Roehampton. And I'm, I'm assuming... Wait a minute, let's have to go back into my uh, emails and texts now just to see which one we think she's at, because I've got one... It's not. We think she's in North London, isn't she? Yeah, we think she's North London. So it's, it's the easiest one to uh, to get her into. 84850, Steve at LBC. Prior Hospital in Southgate, North London. Thank you. <laughs> I like it when you're all up to, up to speed on these things. Always makes me feel a lot, lot better about life. Let's quick, I'll tell you what, let's quickly whiz through the, uh, the mirror. Because uh, even though it's Susan Boyle's day, uh, the big picture is Amanda Holden looking suitably depressed, but there again, she looks like that all the time, uh, and spouting off on something she knows nothing about. She doesn't understand what, you know, mental illness is or somebody having a, a breakdown or anything like that. So they say she's just crumbled. Well, of course she has. Because no, all their interests, they're only interested in making money. They're not interested. In fact, it's been a bit of a pain for them, really, the fact that she's not been able to hold it together. Although, I don't know many people who can, if you get that much attention, but how she can be exhausted, I've got no idea. She hasn't done anything. She only come on stage and sung twice, remember? That's about it. She didn't write the song. She didn't have to do any choreography. Apparently, the boys from uh, the winning group said she was showing us some moves backstage. 
Do me a favour. <laughs> Do me a favour. God knows what sort of moves they were, because having seen that sort of shimmying thing, I found that a little bit worrying. Uh, this is terrible, this terribly sad story of the couple who leapt to their deaths off Beachy Head the other day. Their five-year-old uh, boy had died at home earlier, and so they, they obviously decided they had nothing left to live for. Absolutely a tragedy beyond anything that you can ever imagine. So they uh, put him in a little rucksack with some of his favourite toys, and they, uh, they leapt off. And uh, it's a notorious suicide. I don't know why it's a notorious suicide spot. You know, there must be loads of other things. But they felt that depressed. They felt they just couldn't go on. And so they, uh, they found another bag next to them, packed with teddy bears and stuff like that. Uh, they did drive a long way, they say. Uh, there were two rucksacks, both closed, near the bodies, one of the firemen says. Open the top. And I thought it was a doll's head. Then I realised it was a, a small child. Very sad, isn't it? Absolutely terrible that something like that can happen. So, you know, you can't even send commiserations out to them, but you just think there was nobody there for them. There should have been. Should have been. John in Islington said, saw Danny LaRue standing in Cambridge Circus many years ago, dressed impeccably in a fur coat, looking very well, handsome and charismatic. He did hold himself quite well, but there, he was in showbiz. He didn't know any other life. I remember when he was at Wimbledon Theatre, Robin, who used to, sadly not with us anymore, but Robin used to come in from the Wimbledon Theatre every week. He'd phone us and say, so-and-so brings all the gossip. And when Danny did pantomime there, uh, he, was, he was getting on a bit and he couldn't do the stairs up to the dressing room. So they built a dressing room at the side of the stage for him. And he was doing it, I think, with, with Brian Connolly. And he said the worst thing was, at the end of the show, he said Danny would have his friends round and everybody would have a drink. He said you couldn't get rid of them. He said they wouldn't go. People would sit there all night while Danny would be telling stories and all that kind of stuff. Fern Britton is flaunting her new figure today. Is this still the gastric band or are we now doing another sort of diet? But apparently, uh, Davina McCall has dismissed the pay as too little to entice her away. Natasha Kaplinsky said she was far too busy with her job at five and looking after her eight-month-old son. No, I don't think they wanted you, Natasha, dear. I'm sorry to tell you that, but uh, I think you're far too old and past it now. You know, very, very nice just reading autocue, but when it comes to warmth and friendliness, I'm afraid you're a mile away from, from Fern, a mile away. But apparently it now says it leaves ITV bosses scrambling for a big-name replacement. They don't need a big-name replacement. Why do they need a big... What a load of old poo this story is by Nicola Methven, the TV editor. They'll obviously write any old tripe. It's just rubbish. They don't need to struggle. You can find anybody... Philip is the star of that. I mean, the worst time, of course, is when you've got... I looked the other day, and I flicked on the television. Thank God I'm not in high definition just yet. Because I thought that Ruth on that was looking terribly old. Terribly old. She's got... I mean, I don't know if she... I think some Botox could be in order. I think we might need some Botox, because she's looking a little bit wrinkly. Her hair looks nice, but the rest of her is a little bit wrinkly. So perhaps some Botox would indeed sort out the problem. Which would be fantastic. Uh, Mitch says, as Susan Boyle is a bit slow and wouldn't be requested, and wouldn't have requested to go to the Priory, shouldn't the cost be picked up by the people who sent her there? Uh, no, she did request to go there. She went there voluntarily. She went there voluntarily. So they obviously said, listen, we think you should go and get some rest. I'm supposed to send you on holiday to go and lie on a beach somewhere. They've sent her to the Priory, which is where most people go for things like that. And so, uh, so off she goes. But it will be picked up. Ultimately... It, it will come out of the money that they will make on the records. Simple as that. That's how it works in all these things. That's why the only person who ever made any money out of the X Factor was Will Young. Because he said, no, I, I don't need a car here. Because some people go, oh, a car, fantastic. I, c I can pick up a car and I can, you know, go... And you don't realise that you're actually paying for it, which is a terrible problem. Uh, 84850, uh, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, if 
Piers Morgan was editor, he would still do the same, says Pat. Yes, he's already said that. He said if he was still a Fleet Street... A Fleet Street editor, he would still... He would do the same thing as everybody else. He would actually have done the Susan uh, story. Uh, oh, oh, blimey. Sorry, says Bryn. In my haste to send off the last email, I forgot to mention two of the most important celebrities who both worked their little bottoms off. Past King Rat Roy Hudd and his wife, past Queen Debbie. They were both simply fabulous. Please get me out of trouble and give them a mention. Roy Hudd we love and Debbie as well. Lovely to see them the other day, actually, down at the British Musical Society uh, event, which was fantastic. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. There we are. Jeremy says, there are 16 hospitals called the Priory. Thank you so much. She's at the uh, the North London one. And, um, and Johnny says, uh, I'm a little bit confused. The Priory, there seems to be a cross between a fast food chain and a weekend retreat. Are they a franchise? Uh, the answer is yes, they are a franchise, I believe. I believe. I'm not too sure about it. But I just know that if, if, if ever you read about a troubled celebrity, in inverted commas, they go, they're in the Priory. It, it is a bit like they've gone to McDonald's, you know. They're going to have a KFC bargain bucket. Somebody, according to one of the papers today, has started selling off the TV rights to Nelson Mandela's funeral. Apparently, uh, his uh, grandson has been accused of trying to sell off the TV rights. How on earth you can sell off the TV rights? I've got no idea. But they will, I should imagine. Jordan turned up at a fashion show, writes Sue Carroll, last week, promising to showcase her new equestrian range and emerged in a skimpy bikini. It's riding gear in a manner of speaking, but doesn't it frighten the horses? I think anything that Jordan does frightens the horses. Soon as the divorce goes through, the better. Much happier. Uh, lots of pictures of Danny. Lots of pictures. Paul O'Grady saying, I thought he'd go on forever. He didn't like me at first because I was the new kid on the block as Lily Savage. When I met him about 15 years ago, I was terrified, but we became friends. He was the biggest star in Britain in the 60s, and Armis Fred is out on DVD. Armis Fred is out on DVD. I think the next chapter in uh, Susan Boyle's life, with her trying to be provocative, that's the wiggling and lifting her skirt at the same time, will be some horrible man taking advantage of her and then doing a kiss and tell in the news of the world. I don't think she's ever going to go out with anybody, is she? I don't think that's ever likely. But they made such a big... And I think somebody in the audience... And you'd need to hold the camera back to see, because she appeared to be talking to somebody in the audience at the end, and when she sort of did round... You know, the interview was not with her, it was with, with diversity. And, uh, and then she started lifting her skirt up, and it's at that moment that somebody obviously said in the earpieces very loudly to Anton Dick, get her off stage now. So they then literally push her off. <laughs> you know, off you go, love, quick as possible. Make it so much easier. Paul in Manchester reckons the time has now come to pull the plug on Britain's Got Talent, but I doubt it will happen because it makes so much cash for ITV. Do you know, not only for ITV, do you know that the Entertainment Artists Benevolent Fund, uh, who are the main recipients from the Royal Variety Performance, they got from the phone lines, money that you donated if you voted for anybody, nearly £600,000. Nearly 600,000 quid came in on the phone lines for them. I mean, that is fantastic. You can't knock that at all. Glad his companion Annie was with him at the end. Well, not, not really companion, just his friend. Just his, uh, his uh, friend. Because his, his boyfriend died some years ago. In fact, actually, Danny's, uh, Danny's boyfriends were quite, quite legendary in the business. <laughs> I think you'll find quite legendary. But uh, there was, I was trying to find, actually, because there was some story here. They say his beloved companion, Annie Galbraith... But strangely enough, his spokeswoman said Danny died peacefully just before midnight. His beloved companion, Ali, I suspect they're both the same person. So she was, it's always the same, isn't it? I remember Liberace, at the end of his life, the last thing he wanted 
was to be known as sort of a guy who died of AIDS surrounded by women, but that's exactly what happened, unfortunately, at the end of Liberace's life, and the same at the end of, uh, of Danny's life. I'm sure he'd have much rather had lots of muscle-bound young men standing there, but he ended up with somebody else. But, uh, but uh, good on him. He certainly left a, left a legacy, and I don't think you'll ever see his, his like ever again. Ever again. The Gordon Craig has two theatres, says Noreen. Not sure how many they hold, one bigger than the other, but St Albans Arena is similar Hornchurch, so that would be brilliant. Fantastic, wasn't it? Fantastic. Have a look at the pictures. Join the other 785 million people who have downloaded them and had a quick look at them. Sorry, 782 million. I do beg your pardon. I'm hopeless at remembering figures like that. Quarter to six is the time. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. It's uh, 12 minutes to six. It's going to be a glorious day today. Glorious day. Yesterday was lovely. I went out and, uh, and I bought some more plants. You know, plants are so expensive. I bought... Yesterday from Squires. Oh, God, what a, what a palaver at Squires in Twickenham the other day. So there's three of us in the queue. There's me, there's a very elderly lady in front who bought some nice little plants. And there's a gentleman who quite clearly is, is not terribly well. And all he wants is his money back. He's bought something and he's obviously had a credit note, but he doesn't want it. So can he have his money back? It's a tenner. They don't do money back. So he's standing there. So the woman on the till who's, you know, of, of an age to know better, says to him, sorry, we don't do that. And all he wants is his tenor back. That's all it is. So in the end, she get, he goes, oh, I'll just... So we're all standing, and I, of course, I mean, because it makes no difference, I can sit there all day. I'm filling a programme up. So I'm watching this, so she's saying to him, we, we can't do that. Uh, I can give you a credit note. I mean, as opposed to getting somebody over from the main desk, she's carrying on what is tantamount to a conversation over a cup of tea. So in the end, she goes, um... Well, I'll just go and check. So she, le- she doesn't say to us, sorry about this. This is the woman who should know better. So she leaves us all standing there like complete idiots, clutching baskets. The woman in front of me luckily has put her basket on the counter. And she goes off to the desk. And then she comes back and she says, no, I'm terribly sorry. They, they weren't. Well, I can just give you a credit note. And so he goes, well, it's a, you know, a little bit difficult, you know, just to have a credit note. So she goes, well, I, 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 can, I'll, I'll, I can do a credit note for you. So anyway, then she goes back to the desk again, then comes back, she says, no, they're, they're definitely adamant on that one, it can only be a credit note. So he goes, all right, I'll have a credit note. She goes, well, I'll have to take you over to the desk. So she then takes him, over to, and then eventually comes back. What a waste. Don't they train these people? And so then she comes back. Not a word of apology. Sorry to have made you all wait. Sorry I was incompetent. Luckily, some other woman had opened the till. Christ alive. And then you stand there, don't you? And you look at a little tiny plant, which must have cost about half a penny to produce, and they, they have the audacity to charge £1.79 for this tiny little thing. £1.79. You think we're in a recession, and yet still we buy plants, because we love plants. Can't help it. It's like buying cigarettes. You, you want to buy plants. But they're so blooming expensive. And then they give you... And there's a voucher she goes to you, to me. I should be terribly grateful. Ooh, thank you. A voucher. What does that entitle me to? Well, buy one, get one half price. Oh, big deal. Overinflated prices to start with, I think. Steve, I can thoroughly recommend Cumbria as a place to relax, says Catherine. A really quiet place is the Ennerdale Valley. You can rent out a whole hostel. It's an old shepherd's home. It's near the beautiful Lake Ennerdale in the Fells. Fantastic. Yes, glad you're pointing out, incidentally, uh, the stupid comments of those who think they know how a person who has a breakdown feels. As someone who's had care from a priory trained mental health nurse, they're fantastic. Exactly. What on earth do you think Piers Morgan and Amanda Holden know about mental breakdowns? Absolutely nothing. 
And I ask the question again, and I'll keep asking it, where is Simon Cowell? It's his programme. Surely somebody would have got him on television by now saying, you know, I think we should actually look at this, and I think we should sort of make some statement, not shove up the, uh, you know, the people who sit on the panel. You know, he might as well have shoved Kelly Brook up there, going, what do you think, Kelly? Might as well have asked her her opinion. Coming up with uh, Nick Ferrari, they'll be talking about the Air France plane uh, and asking various aviation experts what they think might have happened. Plus, as tributes come flooding in for Danny LaRue, Nick speaks to his former agent, Brian Shaw, to find out if he really was the most charming man in show business. I think everybody's got Danny LaRue stories. And, of course, if Nick doesn't know, there is the very famous Danny LaRue interview on LBC, which you can find on YouTube. Quite an interesting one. Uh, So they're going to be talking about that. And I think there's more uh, MPs in the paper again today. Kel Surprise, talking about uh, how... We're now taking bets, aren't we, I think, on how long Alistair Darling will last. How long? <laughs> 84850, steve at uk. Josh says, I've noticed that since you moved over to Leicester Square, you're now friends with Lisa Snowden as you work in the same building. I don't know where you get that idea from. I've never even met her. No idea. All I know is she used to go out with a famous Hollywood film star, which she tells everybody who'll, who will listen. And she's fairly loud as well. A little bit like my, my good buddy Johnny. He's very loud as well when he walks through the door. Morning! He does that very loudly. So I, I want to walk through the Capitol office going, Morning! In a very loud, sort of soft kind of a voice. But uh, I don't do that sort of thing. Uh, Other things today. uh, Lee says, sad we've lost Danny LaRue, but I'm sure you'll be mentioning him. Absolutely. But everybody should be talking about him. Because you won't see his his like again. He was was from a different showbiz generation. Different showbiz generation. 84850, uk. Another one here, very quick. Let's try and get through as many of these as uh, possible. Young Stephen... And uh, Fiona Kendall Lane says, My wife and I were the producers of the show That Showbiz at the Phoenix Theatre where Danny made his surprise entrance. We had agreed, we had agreed with the Phoenix management and the show's cast, including Ken Goodwin and the Clark Brothers, that we would do Sunday performances and have Monday off instead. Equity and the West End Theatre managers were against Sunday performances. We had an open meeting packed with the media including LBC, and were being bullied by the then West End Theatre Management lot. Then Dan, bless his heart, suddenly appeared marching down the centre aisle to open his side with us. Very brave, considering he was a performer and not a theatre manager. LBC didn't exactly win brownie points by accusing him of publicity-seeking, but gave that showbiz publicity then and thereafter. Sunday performance is now par for the course, but Danny, always a one-off, says Stephen. He says, incidentally, I'm going to take Fiona to the musical exhibition. Her grandmother was... uh, is it Marie Kendall, Marie Kendall, just like the Ivy? And her grandfather was Steve McCarthy, founder member of the Water Rats. Oh, you'll love that musical exhibition. You really will. But isn't it funny that uh, that, that uh, Sue Jameson piece is still on YouTube from all those years ago? I didn't know. Actually, now you, now you sort of remind me. It's, it all comes flooding back a little bit. So thank you for that very much indeed. Do you know that actually, I'll tell you what, we're going to have more pretty people in the building. It's apparently Emma Bunton is uh, joining, not LBC, but she, she's going to be wandering about the building because she's going to be doing uh, the new Friday drive time on Heart and Saturday afternoons to the Heart Network. Ooh, there's Posh. There's Posh. Joy in Harlow. Thank you very much indeed. Always lovely to hear from you. And uh, another one here. This is, you know, we talked about Blackpool. You never know who's listening to this programme because Stephen Brooks, MBE, says, I find it increasingly... I agree with your views and the light and perverse life standards being adopted. You are rightly cynical about reality TV, celeb status and the thieving MPs above all. But I would ask that you do realise that here in my hometown of Blackpool, not everyone is tat 
nor is everywhere tacky. Oh, I don't know, actually, Stephen. We might have to disagree on that one. I'm proud to be chair of the Equality Forum and the real equality community values we have, far in advance of most other parts of the country. It's the same as London, where I regularly visit as chair of the NUJ Disabled Members Council and hate crime chair on the Crown Prosecution Service. Critical comments are great, whereas generalisations diminish the teller. I was told that by the genius that was Kenny Everett. Obviously not enough, if you can't spell his name properly. But, um, no, I'm sorry, Blackpool does not do it for me at all. I thought it was the most horrible place I'd ever been to in my entire life. I thought the people were even ghastlier. Martine, thank you very much indeed for that one. There will never be anyone again like Danny. Kind of sums it up. There will not be, actually. There will be nobody like him. Mainly because nobody can afford to do what he did. There are people who do drag every day the length and breadth of the country and do it very well indeed. But Danny sort of took it to a different level. I remember the funny story about Danny, which everybody else will remember, is when Danny mentioned that uh, he wasn't gay, but in fact he had a girlfriend in Australia. And the press flew out there en masse to try and find this woman. Of course they couldn't. Because I don't think she existed, only in Danny's mind. And so when he came on stage at the Royal Variety, he made, he made a joke and a comment about the fact that most of the press were out in Australia looking for this mysterious woman who he dropped a hint that, uh, that he, was, he was going out with. It was very funny, actually. Very, very funny. And uh, sent them all reaching for their expenses. Because journalists, of course, are completely different. They actually can go for expenses, unlike MPs who definitely can't go for expenses. So, tonight, the Save Twickenham Riverside campaign gets underway. They have got a, a bit of an issue with Vince Cable for distancing himself. They are a political group. However, Conservatives, Labour and Greens have united together. So they're going to be marching along the embankment at 6pm tonight uh, in an effort to try and uh, save the Riverside. But it does look uh, as though it's not happening at the moment. They've had three planning applications passed last night at Council Planning as part of this untried and untested linked site policy, which the Council say precludes them from having to build the 50% affordable or social housing. It goes on, so that'll be taking place tonight on the uh, Riverside. No doubt they'll get, uh, they'll get just coverage, which they probably deserve for working very hard. Actually, John, I'm trying to get hold of a woman in uh, Twickenham, uh, Twickenham Council, yeah, and she's got an email address. Five times it's bounced back. You do get the feeling, don't you, that the local council don't actually want to do anything with anybody. And the moment you try and raise an issue, uh, they all hide. They go, oh, we can't do anything about that. Nothing to do with us at all, I'm afraid. Uh, Dawn, good morning. And she says, after hearing Noreen suggest you do a gig in Stevenage, I was wondering what capacity of venue would need to be from you. We have the Winston Churchill Hall here in Ricelip. Apparently the capacity seated is 351, not quite big enough. She said, however, if you did do a gig there, I could walk. So that's the advantage, isn't it, of actually being able to walk to the gig, as opposed to having to take the car and everything else. Phil says, pity you confirm which priory Susan Boyle was in. It would be fun watching the media chasing around the country, visiting all the priories, following rumours. It's true, actually, isn't it? It's very interesting. But uh, that's in all the papers today, so we'll come back to that a little bit later off. Uh, and Nicole Kidman is reported to be adopting a Vietnamese baby. Obviously the latest thing to have. Here they are, diversity, looking all very, very happy. And, uh, you know, if, if they worked this out two years ago, they really worked hard for it, and they deserved it because nobody worked as hard as them. Uh, also, just very quickly here, there's, uh, I've noticed, in a desperate attempt to try and hang on to what little publicity she gets, Jade Goody's mum is wearing Jade's clothes in a bid to feel closer to her. Most other people just call that sick, but uh, she's doing it. And Jackie, now, friends are saying she's doing all of this to hang on to Jade's memory, but her closest friends are starting to worry about her health and her sombre mood. 
Oh dear, that's a worry, isn't it? But uh, there again, Jackie Budden always was a bit of a worry, I'm afraid. Hardly the best mother in the world. It's LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, LBC 97.3. On the day that, yet again, she still makes the front pages... Oh, I forgot to mention my how low. I must do that again in a second, actually. That must do it for the first time, because it's a Sony Vio laptop, so details coming up. So Susan Boyle, collapsing, cried for 24 hours, then passed out. She's totally exhausted, so she's in the Priory. If we get totally exhausted, we just go on holiday, don't we? We go and sort of lie on a beach somewhere in the Bahamas, or we go to Jamaica and we just sip cocktails and try and let the world pass us by. Or Bogner, in the case of the producer. He obviously doesn't earn as much money as the rest of us. For me, it's Jamaica, I'm afraid. News is next. Morning, everybody. It's coming up to eight minutes past six. A glorious day. A glorious day. The sunshine... What am I doing today? Well, I'm driving down to my brother's, actually. Just when I've finished, I'm going to drive... Well, I'm not going to go home first, then uh, pick up a cup of... You need a cup of coffee to pick up the day. I suddenly, years ago, never bothered me coffee. And now, if I don't have my little fix in the morning from uh, from one of the coffee houses, I, I become a bit lethargic. You kind of need it. And I, I go, uh, extra shot, because I, I don't pay for my shots. I get all the shots free. I don't know why I get them free. I haven't quite worked this out. It's ever since I went into Starbucks, and uh, and they gave me a card. You get them free with the card. Do everybody get them free? Oh, if you have the card, right. And so you load money onto the card, and every... Because I was trying to work out before. I had the card before. I had another card. And there was no benefit to it. And I said to Graham, there's no point in having this. We're, we're, we're sort of spending a fortune every day. We're doing, you know, four and a half quid in the morning, four and a half... It's eight pounds, about 40 pound a week. It's, you know, it adds up, doesn't it? So over the months, over the years. And so then they give us this card. It said, all your shots are free. And all, all the, the cream and everything else. So, in fact, you could go in there and have uh, a, a treble espresso, and you only pay for... One, I suppose. Well, in our case, we always have an, have an extra shot of coffee in there, and you get it for free. So that's a whole 15p. But, I mean, I look at that as 30p a day. I look at that as a bargain. Linda in South Ockenden says, I saw Danny at the Queen's Theatre in Hornchurch about ten years ago. He was fantastic. This is obviously the venue to meet real stars. You're so right, actually. So right. Uh, Tom reckons there's a 300% markup on flowers and plants. Certainly is on um, avocados. Because I thought I was getting a bargain the other day. I went to the market in Kingston, and there's quite a number of stalls that sell baskets of tomatoes for a pound, and they were doing two avocados for a pound. It's because me, I'm thinking, oh, that seems quite... Two avocados for a pound. I'll buy two avocados for a pound. So I bought two avocados for a pound, took them home. Unfortunately, I forgot to take them out of the car, and they went off, so I threw them away. And I opened up the paper yesterday, and there's an advert for Lidl, and they're doing avocados, 29p each. So in other words, it's cheaper in the supermarket than it is in the market. Very unhappy. Very unhappy about that, I'm afraid. Uh, actually, a lot of people have asked if, if Danny left any money. I don't think so. I don't think Danny would have left any money at all because he, he had a, a stroke in 2006. Uh, he lost a lot of money in his uh, hotel. A lot of money as well, I think, went in the Swan at Streetly. He had a pub at one time. The trouble is, money and, or, or sort of business and people in showbiz tend not to mix. Because people in show business, like, you know, I'd be the same as probably... Ne- I've got no idea what goes on with finances. No idea. I just know what happens at the end of each month, and I know what happens, you know, with my accountant and stuff like that. But that's why you pay accountants to do it. And Danny, I think, trusted a lot of people who, who ripped him off, quite sadly. I think that uh, this morning on breakfast, they're going to be talking to his agent... And that's Brian Shaw, who will be telling you a bit more about uh, Danny. And also, what would happen to all the frocks? I know a lot of the frocks were pulled apart to make other frocks. But he must have some great memorabilia. It's, it's very interesting. I would love to find out just what Danny has left. And, uh, and whether or not any of his uh, frocks... Because they're, they're the sort of thing 
that could go in the Victoria and Albert Museum in their theatre collection. Because they were so stunning. If any of them still exist, if, if Mark Cantor had, uh, had, had kept them, it would be absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, really brilliant. 84850-steve-at-lbc.co.uk. Uh, Steve, don't bother with garden centres. Go to the Columbia Road Flower Market. Open Sunday, 7 till 2. Grief. 7 till 1 till 2. It's people who tell me about this. They tell me it's really, really good, actually. Uh, Johnny Brixton says, Steve, if I have to suffer any more boil news, I'll be checking in at the Roehampton Priory for exhaustion and becoming emotional. I'm very tired. <laughs> no, don't go to the North London one. You might bump into her there, because that's where... Strangely enough, there's a police car outside it. And you think, are we paying for this? I mean, it's just ludicrous, isn't it? It's, you know, the, the, the programme creates this, this whatever it is, and they go, 100 million people have down... Yeah, because they kept doing it. They kept shoving her onto news bulletins. What they did, they've actually created something that's pushed her over the edge. What they've got to worry about now is how they get her back from the edge and whether or not she can actually record an album. Whether or not they're going to have to cancel the Prague Philharmonic, which I suspect they will. Can't see her being ready to do that. Can't see her going out on tour, can you? See that happening? Sitting on a coach with, with a load of kids all going, yeah, we're going on stage and she'll be in the corner, Miss Misery. Because she's never looked happy from day one. You'd think you'd be happy, wouldn't you? You've come second, you're going to make a lot of money. But as I said yesterday on the programme, and I'm never wrong, what good is eight million quid going to be to Susan Boyle? What, what, what's she going to do with it? Buy a big house and sit in it all by herself? No. Absolutely pointless. All she wants to do is do karaoke. Unfortunately, the whole thing has got a bit too big. And it's got out of hand. And I still ask the question, where's Simon Cowell? Why are all the papers not quoting him, but they're quoting dreary Amanda Holden and barking mad Piers Morgan? And we know that Piers Morgan is barking mad because Prince Harry asked Amanda Holden. Amanda Holden is quoted in the paper today. Prince Harry said to her, is Piers Morgan a bigger prat as we think he is? And she said, yes, he is. And that's coming from, from somebody high up in the echelons of the royal family. You do wonder, though, don't you? I mean, if, if having sort of you know, decided that this whole thing is now their own making. They're all trying to backtrack. Well, you know, we're offering her advice and we're helping and we're doing... And I don't think anybody's helping her at all. They've just shoved her in the priory. All she wants to be is surrounded by her cat, apparently, and, uh, and family and friends. And it just... It's not happening. Not happening. Can't create something and then sort of back away from it. But I still ask the question, where's Simon Cowell in all of this? Why is, why is he not given any interviews? As he owns the programme. He's the one who raised his eyebrows at the beginning. Come on, Si. Come on. Because uh, people would love to know exactly... I don't want to, I'm not remotely interested in hearing from Piers Morgan or Dreary Amanda, I'm afraid. I want to hear from, the, you know, the organ grinder. I don't want to hear from the monkeys. Uh, fantastic Sony Vio laptop can be won today in LBC's How Low Reverse Auction. It's a Sony, all the great features you expect. I don't need to explain too much about it. But uh, you could store all your photos and music. 250 gigabytes of hard drive. Great for surfing the net, keeping in touch by email. You can log on anywhere that has Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi. Lowest unique bid will win. The lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bids in by 6pm today. And you text LBC... Follow by your bid in pence and send that to treble 821. So LBC, then your bid in pence and send that to treble 821. The bid will cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 6pm. You must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Good luck because it's, uh, it's a very nice one. The Sony Vio laptop finishes at 6pm today. So uh, quickly, quickly, catchy laptop. LBC. 
Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's 6.20. Uh, Pat says, when I was a small child, as a family, we listened to a variety radio programme at lunchtime, and on it were a couple. He played the guitar and she sang. They called themselves Dorita and Pepe. My father always laughed when they said their names. He would then say, Spanish, my foot. They come from Dagenham. And I can vaguely remember a lady who always ended up singing Red Sails in the Sunset, but I can't remember who she was. By the way, we have our own priory here, offering peace and quiet, as you can see by the picture. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. As It was lovely, isn't it? See, I looked at this, this place in Cumbria, where you can go for a bit, of, uh, a bit of peace and quiet, and I thought to myself, you know, there's something nice about living in the countryside, be it Essex or Cumbria or just about anywhere. And it just, just looks nice, doesn't it? Uh, Jan at the Queen's Theatre says, listening to your memories of Danny reminded me of his visit to the theatre. He would have a cup of tea with Annie... Uh, she would bring it to him in a china cup. In the sauce would be a rich tea biscuit. He dipped the biscuit into the tea and let his beloved dog, Jonty, bite one half, then he'd eat the other. Jonty was the boss. Please send love to Noreen. We've now become friends, thanks to you. You see? It's hands across the sea. Well, across a few miles. Actually, Noreen becomes friends with lots of people. She's like that. She's just a very nice person. Very nice person. So I'm, I'm glad you're, you're friends as well. But uh, everybody's got memories of, of Danny. Everybody's got memories of uh, Danny. Uh, Philip says, you'll like Cumbria. Very peaceful. Try the Fish Hotel in Buttermere. Also say hello to my workmate Barry, because he visits Cumbria every year. You know, it's funny, isn't it? Why do we bother going abroad? We've got the most beautiful scenery in this country. The most beautiful... And I'm watching Come Dine With Me, because it's the Scottish edition. And I love the Scottish accent. I absolutely love it. Sometimes you can understand everything. In this particular one, there's one bloke who's, who's a bit, you know, built like the brick outhouse, and you can't understand a word he's saying. They've practically put up su subtitles, but one word sums up Scotland, rain. Right, I know. But the trouble is, I remember going there years ago. I've been going to Glasgow for probably about 30 years when it used to be absolutely frightening. The, the cab drivers used to have a little thing. They used to have a, a, a metal grill between you and them, so you couldn't get hold of them. So, you know... Jack Tweed couldn't actually put his hands around your throat. And so they had a little thing, putting the money there. And they, they'd get the other end. And you could see people queuing outside the pawn shops in the morning. Not P-O-R-N, P-A-W-N. Well, I don't know, it might have been the others. Well, it had three balls hanging outside, so it could have been anything. I don't know. So, and you'd see people queuing up there on the Monday to sell the stuff that they'd bought on the Saturday so they could survive for the week. Now, of course, Glasgow's the European city of culture a few years back. And it's phenomenal. It's, I mean, it's absolutely wonderful. We went up there. We had a, we had a week there one, one day. And uh, it was great. Because when I stayed up there, first of all, they, they put me in this hotel. And I thought, you know, it's like, I, I thought, I'll go down to the bar, as you do. So I'm, I'm standing there. And there's lots of people who wanted to be your friend. Mainly ladies with very low-cut dresses. And so I said, hello. I'm going, hello. And just sort of just chatting away like you do. Turned out it was a brass hotel. The place was absolutely full of it. Rooms by the hour. I said to them, I got into the factory, because the girls in the factory, I used to go and visit the, uh, the girls up there. Don't ask for what reason, I'll tell you later. But, uh, and they used to say, first thing in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, the flight used to get me in. And you'd get up there and you'd go, you'll have a wee dram in your tea, Steve. They'd be pouring whiskey into the tea. First thing in the morning, you'd stagger around the factory. I, I mean, it was just dreadful. Just dreadful. But lovely at the same time. I was supposed to do a factory visit, but between you and me, I'd have two, two cups of tea with the girls in the laundry. That would see me off for the day, and I'd go and hide in a corner or go and sit in the toilet for an hour and a half, and then disappear back, and they'd go, did you go around the factory? go, yeah, oh, I, oh, I. People would say, well, nobody said they saw you. Oh, well, they must have done. Must have done. The lady who sang Red Sails in the Sunset, says our Bryn, was Suzette Tarry. Because, you'll remember that his autobiography is called Red Tails in the Sunset, taken from the song. 
You're on the button this morning, young Bryn, aren't you? You really are. Uh, some people, says Malachi on the internet, are comparing Susan Boyle's rendition of Memory to the one that Barbara Streisand recorded in the 80s when she was filming Yentl here in London. Barbara was one of the greatest female vocalists of all time. To compare Susan Boyle to her is simply madness and also an impertinence, I think. Somebody wrote to me the other day and said, you're very harsh on her singing. She's very good. Have you heard her singing this uh, song from Les Miserables? I said, have you heard of autotune? You know, which is what most people sing through now, so it makes them sound as though they, they can sing. I don't think, yeah. The trouble is this, you know that the downloads of Les Miserables have shot through the roof now, which I'm very pleased, because my friend... Um, <laughs> I can't tell you, actually. I can't tell you. But anyway, I have a very close association with uh, with the show Les Miserables and the company who put it out. That's all I can tell you. I could just say good morning to Jackie Gill, because she's fabulous, and that's all I can tell you. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. What do you think Susan Borg could go into... No, the trouble is she... If you compare her to the singers in the show, she's way out of her depth. Way out of her depth. Shame, really. Dorita and Pepe. More like Doreen and Pete, says Ray in Barkingside. I love that. I love that idea. Uh, no Alan this morning. He's, he's got business meetings, I'm, uh, I'm afraid. Um, I have a tea card, says Phil. Six teas, get one free. Where on earth would you get that? Where, where on earth would you get that? Six, six teas, get one free. Uh, Joan Layton says, at least Peter Andre wised up and threw out the trash. Thank you. It's an old gag. Uh, perhaps Simon Cowell's in Scotland looking after the cat, says Michael. And and a lot of people say exactly the same, that they feel sorry for Susan Boyle because she's been exploited. And yet, this this company uh, have made their bed and don't want to lie in it. They've created a monster, and just just through greed and, you know, I suppose, ignorance. All they're looking to do, as we said before, it's a reality show to make money. It's not there for anything else. It is there for no other reason than to make money for the company. That's what they do. They're in business. It's like radio. It's a business. It's not a charity. It's a business. They have to make money. Unfortunately, with this one, they should have spotted the warning signs because they came earlier on when she came on the stage and wiggled her hips and did that, that silly little, you know, I'm too sexy for my boots kind of thing. They should have seen the warning signs. They should have seen it. All the, all the other experts have seen it. I don't know why they didn't. But I ask the question again, where is Simon Cowell? All the papers today. Amanda Holden. Amanda Holden. Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan. Amanda Holden. It just goes on and on. I want to see Simon Cowell. I want to see a quote from Simon. Uh, I also want to see the look on Eminem's face when uh, Sasha Baron Cohen as Bruno the fashion designer dropped in on him wearing no uh, trousers. And apparently Eminem stormed out and had a bit of a queenie tantrum. Oh, what a shame. What a shame. Um, more in the papers today as well. Oh, the smog on the way. Just in case you're feeling, uh, you know, when it comes to the Great British Summer. Today, north is dry, warm and sunny. South, dry, hot and sunny. Fantastic. I need two more little plants. I've got this thing which you're supposed to grow strawberries in, but I put plants in it. And it just all bulks out and looks wonderful. And, and I'm, I'm two plants short. £1.79. It must be a cheaper place to buy plants. I'll find them. Tomorrow, uh, sunny spells, maximum 75 Fahrenheit. And Thursday, sunshine, some cloud, high 66 degrees Fahrenheit. I love it. I love it. Sort of love it. I don't actually like going and sitting out in it. But I love my hanging baskets. I'm competing, as you know, with Paul Cooper's mum. And it's not easy. 
She's put manure in her baskets. I'm just putting water in at the moment. And, um, and, and they look really lovely. I might even have to take some pictures. You remember we did it with, uh, with Johnny a couple of years ago, where Johnny put up a picture on the internet of a rather feeble attempt at a hanging basket, and then the Steve Allen hanging baskets, drenched in tomorite, and, uh, and they were about three times... I mean, Johnny's was just a rather sad example of a plant. I don't know why his mum didn't sort him out. Uh, Amanda says, I went to see John Barrowman at the Royal Albert Hall last night, and he was totally awesome. Last concert of the tour. And Andy says, do you want to come, to no- come up to Northumberland? You have the lovely Kilda Forest, uh, the Cheviot, Fe- Cheviot Fells, and, of course, the lovely northeast coast with castles. Sounds lovely. Sounds lovely. And I did watch Coach Trip the other day, the dreadful uh, Ivy and the revolting plank that came with her. A more ghastly couple you'd be hard-pushed to find. I mean, she at one point was doing face bothered, you know, do I care about this, and sort of starting playing some sort of character out of a film. A more revolting couple. Luckily, the coach trip decided they were revolting and kicked them off. Thank God. And so we never see them coming back again. They were absolutely terrible. Can't even remember his name. He was that boring. And she, the one with all the different wigs. Oh, my God. Get a grip, girl. Get a grip. If you two are an item, I think I better start eating furniture because I thought you were utterly revolting. Now there's a March Air, the producer, which just sticks in jingles when he feels like it now. Anyway, uh, I think we should have a bet, says Alex, on how much the sports department is going to win or lose in two weeks. Uh, you start with a loss of £45 and you can't lose more than 20 My money's on a £60 loss when Mr Blacker comes back. So yesterday, Pictorial won at 5-4. to four. Alex had a profit of £2.50. Total loss now, £24.46. Uh, poor old Philippos Kitramelides. I mean, he was off with the Pixies. He really was. He picked Musical Maze. As I said to him, he should have gone each way. <laughs> I've tried to make you sports boys go each way. Sometimes you do. And you go home with a shilling in your pocket and a smile on your face. He came third <laughs> out of night, so he would have had some money. Total loss is now £47.84. So today we're off to Folkestone. Uh, they also ran the 8.50, far too late for horses as far as I'm concerned, dice, win only for Alex. So the 8.50 at Folkestone, dice, win only. What are you going to come up well, with? Well, sometimes desperate times do call for desperate measures, but I don't think I'm ready to go each way just yet. I'm going to Your go for an audacious <laughs> bid. Uh, the... The anti-post betting suggests Dancing Lyra in the 4.45 at Southall could go off around 8 to 1. So Ooh. if Dancing Lyra comes in for me, could uh, make a dent into those losses straight yeah. away. If not, then uh, we fight another day. So what are you, you gonna go for I would Lyra? recommend home punters to go for an each way, but I, I, I feel you need the money. bold and we need the money. Okay. Try Dancing Lyra, 4.45 at Southall. Excellent. We'll put them both on the uh, website. We shall find out. There's that one there. Thank you. And we'll put them on the website, and then uh, we see tomorrow whether or not it works or not. Fingers crossed. Eight to one, that could be very nice. You have a six-pound profit there, and that would uh, reduce it substantially. My God, we might actually be in profit by the time Mr Blackie gets back. (laughs) Remote, I realise, but we will have a go for it. All right, kiddo, see you later. See you. Well done. Latest on the uh, Riverside Saga. There's a meeting tonight at York House, 7pm in Twickenham. Before that, a gathering at Arthur's and proceeding towards York House. Anger against the council is growing. Last Saturday, a stand by the Abbey National, hundreds of signatures. Opposing the opening, uh, closing of Arthur's were collected. They're going to close it, I can't believe it. Honestly, the, the daft council we've got around our way. Oh, I'm trying to get hold of somebody in the ca- I must tell you, oh, I've lost it. Uh, I'm trying to get hold of somebody in the council. Every time I send an email to it, it bounces back. Perhaps the council just don't want to talk to people anymore. Let's name and shame. Let's name and shame on this programme. Uh, Darren's with us. Morning. Morning to you. Morning. Where are we off to today? Well, what we'll do Liberace, Pet Shop Boys, Kylie Minogue, Joan Collins, Elton John, Darth Vader, John Logie Baird, 
Charlie Chaplin, Douglas Fairbanks Jr., Rudolph Valentino, and many, 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 many more have in common. They're all gay? I don't think Charlie Chaplin... Well, I don't. Did you see that walk? Hello? (laughs) (laughs) And Darth Vader? I mean, dear me. I mean, honestly. And all all that black outfit and a funny helmet on. (laughs) How much camper do you want to be? Dame Melly, Nelly Melba. Well, exactly. Says it for itself. <laughs> Dame Nelly. <laughs> Why do you think she Steve, was called Nelly? And Steve Allen. And Steve Allen. I think they were yeah. all butch icons, actually, on reflection. <laughs> <laughs> what do they all, all have in common? A, they all made appearances or did their shopping at Selfridges. Selfridges is celebrating 100 oh. years. And if you go into the basement, yeah. there's a rather beautiful exhibition telling you the entire history of the shop. Wow. You can see the photographs of, of what was there before Selfridges was built. What was there before? A nice little shop, actually, before oh, they demolished them all. They knocked it all down. <laughs> they knocked it all down to put the smaller version of uh, Selfridges. Then they put all the others up and knocked them down and extended it. Oh, right. Um, you can see what uh, Harry Selfridge did in terms of being the showman of shopping, all the little stunts he pulled. They've got some of his personal belongings there as well. And how he lost all his money and has had to sell the shop. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if the, did, did the shop assistants, I think in the early days of, uh, uh, of people working in department stores, they, they had to wear certain uniforms, didn't they? They did. But the big difference with Selfridges was, before Selfridges came to London, when you went into a department store, say you wanted a pair of uh, socks, you would have to go to the assistant and say, I'd like a pair of socks to size eight. And then they would go and get them and show them to you. Mm. What Selfridges was say here they are and put them all on display and you can touch and feel them decide which ones you wanted he also introduced the bargain basement as well and lots of other things so uh, 100 years of selfages it's free it's a lovely little exhibition and it's in the basement until the end of August very nice be very quick as well sorry we've got we've got lots of nostalgia at the moment haven't we we've got 100 years of selfages we've got Sainsbury's with that advert going out at the moment Marks and Spencer's as well. Yeah, oh, they were very nice in Sainsbury's. When I went to the one at Hampton, because I had to wait for my money, the, uh, both the lady and the man said, sorry to have made you wait. No. I thought, how well, nice. Old-fashioned service. That's what we want. Yes. Um, talking of old-fashioned, this one for you as well, Steve. Down at the uh, Victorian Albert Museum, Baroque, 1620-1800. Lovely. If you like gold and things shiny, this is for you. Sounds like my kind of place. Yeah, I was saying earlier on, uh, now that Danny LaRue has passed on, I wonder if any of the uh, the dresses and the frocks that Mark Cantor made for him have survived, because if they have, they should immediately put them, uh, I think, you know, I think the British Musical Society should have them. I think they well, should actually that... put them into one of their exhibitions. I'm sure they're all in storage somewhere. I bet they're not. I bet they're not. I have a feeling, and I remember reading somewhere, that Mark Cantor, when he'd worn a dress and used it a few times, it was then dismantled to make another one. Uh, because they were so expensive. So I'd, I'd be surprised if there was a, a, a cupboard somewhere with them all hanging up in. Well, it'd be a shame, wouldn't it, if they were lost forever? It would be, but it would be lovely yeah. to think that the British Musical Society could end up with them, or the V&A or somewhere, just put or them on V&A. display, because they were such beautiful works of art. They were absolutely well, excellent. Maybe that's what you can do today. Go and find out what all these dresses are. Somebody will know. Somebody will know. Well, in fact, Nick's going to be talking to his uh, former agent, Brian Shaw, so perhaps Brian knows. Yeah, ask him where they are. That would yeah. be fascinating to find out. Excellent. So, Brock, Brock is down at the V&A, and while you're there, go and have a look at the Theatre Museum section as well. Lovely. Thank you very much Brock, indeed. Brock. Darren's Pleasure. back with us uh, next week on the programme. Peter says, yes, Scotland, Steve, is famous for rain and also midges. 
when camping on the West Coast. Dreadful late in the evening. I think some Scottish people see themselves as superior to the English. E.g. Gordon Brown. I agree with you. What is this man doing, spending time inquiring about Susan Boyle? I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps it makes the uh, headlines. Uh, 84850, uh If you want a, a fantastic and uh, fabulous relaxing break in Scotland, says Judy, visit the, uh, is it Glen Teviot Park Hotel in, is it Haywick on the Scottish border? It's very small, private. You have your own named parking space in every comfort. Jill and Moira will make you feel very special. My husband and I went there last year and plan to return. Fabulous show. Thank you, Judy, very much indeed. All these recommendations of places to go to. Some of them not, not polite, but, but always worth a laugh. Uh, Clemency Burton-Hill, the contributing editor at The Spectator and the uh, Liberal previously, uh, the columnist for The Telegraph, uh, will be doing the papers today. They'll be talking to what happened to that Air France plane. Vanished off the face of the earth. The big question I always ask is, with all this modern technology, why can't they just pinpoint it? You can find somebody with a mobile phone... Surely, as people on that flight had mobile phones, why don't they, you know, one of them, I think there was a lady saying, oh, she's, um, she's been ringing her brother, and it's ringing. So surely, if he's got the, the, the thing on the plane, they must better pinpoint it from there, mustn't they? I think. Uh, getting your tea card stamped is at McDonald's. And uh, Steve, says Robin Gray, Simon Cowell, or Scowl as I call him, is world class at, at exploiting talentless, egotistical non-entities. And that's just the judges. <laughs> I know, because they're the ones in all the papers today, whereas, in fact, the big question I ask is, where's Simon Cowell? It's his company that created this woman. It's about time that we got a quote from him. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's ten to seven. Graham was the revolting antiques dealer on coach trip who was booted off, says Linda. Oh, ghastly man. What a revolting person. Small wonder. Actually, apparently he's turned up on a few television programmes. Another one of these egotists with very little talent whatsoever. Uh, 84850, uk. Apparently, once the programme is wrapped, Simon doesn't waste time hanging around for a post-mortem. He heads straight to Barbados. But surely, we have telephones. You can just phone him up and go, come on, come on, tell us about this thing. Actually, there's another story in the paper today. um, Two things. First of all, a drunk estate agent who went on the rampage in a luxury home that his firm was selling. This is Joseph Young. Collected the keys to this three-quarters of a million pound house. And uh, so he and two friends could continue to party. uh, Once he was inside... They uh, ripped out door frames, smashed chairs, statues. I mean, did all sorts of... What a stupid person. They caused £5,500 worth of damage. Yesterday, he pleaded guilty to causing criminal damage, but was cleared of stealing the car keys and aggravated vehicle taking. He'll be sentenced later. I mean, I shouldn't imagine he's actually going to be uh, working anymore in a state agency. Luckily, there's a picture of this buffoon in the paper. Joseph Young. What an idiot. What an idiot. However, talking of things you can buy... We went to France some years ago, and we pulled into Cannes. We went in some of the shops on the, uh, the, uh, at the back of the Quasette. And some of the things they were selling there was, ab- was absolutely staggering. They were selling cans of mace. The Quasette is the, uh, the drive that goes along the... You never heard of the, the Quasette at Cannes? Really? That's the, that's the thing, the big road that goes on the front where all the film stars parade up and down. Yeah, but it's called the, the Quasette at Cannes. You never heard of it? You're hopeless, aren't you? The nearest thing, nearest thing you've ever heard of is the Hundred Acre Wood, because Winnie the Pooh went down there, apparently. <laughs> but anyway, they had one of these shops where they were selling things to arm yourself with, personal weapons, and they had all sorts of strange things, including, and I've just seen it in the paper today, it's in the Daily Mail, looks like a tube of lipstick, and it's about 30 quid, illegal in the UK, but you can buy them online, 
and it's a stun gun. It carries 350,000 volts in a little thing the size of a lipstick. I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable. They've got all sorts... There's another one which has got a bulb in it, which, when it goes off, it blinds you temporarily. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. But these things you can buy on the internet. And I don't know why anybody would ever want one. We used to have years ago as a joke. It's a pen. I think I've still got it at home. And you give it to somebody, say, oh, write your name. And they push the top of it. And as they push the top down, it gives them an electric shock. They make a lighter and various other things. And I used to think that was quite dangerous, because if somebody's had a pacemaker fitted, all of a sudden... This is going to be, you know, absolutely dreadful. Oh, I must mention the other thing that makes me laugh. Eric Cantona is now a film star, apparently, because he's been in a film called Searching for Eric. There's something funny about the name Eric. I don't know why. Looking for Eric. It just tr- strikes me as being funny, doesn't it? Looking for Eric. Of course. Fantastic. Uh, 84850, uh There's a man here, Brian Lee. And he's in the paper. He's lived next door to a community of travellers for 30 years, and he thought he'd valuable insight into plans to give them a permanent home. But when he objected to transforming a field into a new settlement, he was branded a racist. Absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? Why can't you just complain about people nowadays, about people waving little signs over the top of your head? You know, I mean, everybody knows what goes on. It's ridiculous, isn't it? People have become so, so PC. Daily Star today, Susan Boyle on the front page. Uh, Danny Minogue. Has fl- oh, God, has flown back into the UK. What a shame, actually, Dan. It'd be so much easier if you flew back out again. You're not liked. And uh, she's left producers sweating until the last moment before committing to the new X Factor deal. Oh, God, but you're so boring, Danny. Go away. Nobody cares about you. Uh, tickets for the um, Britain's Got Talent national tour have almost sold out, they've said. Although, you know, who you're going to get on it, we've got no idea at the moment. People have just bought it because obviously you want to sort of go down there and cheer or boo people, which I think is, is uh, always quite funny. Uh, 84850, uk. Weave them all in on the programme very quickly. Another one here. Uh, this is, um, uh, oh, I don't know, it's got nothing to do with me. Something to do with travel. I don't know why that's come in, which is all very odd. Uh, Steve, according to his Wikipedia page... DLR's manager is dead. Dalla is since 1985. So who is Nick Ferrari talking to? The trouble is Wikipedia is the biggest pile of rubbish ever. You don't ever believe anything on Wikipedia, do you? Nothing on Wikipedia. Uh, it's Most of it's just uh, made up. It's People can change it and it's just ridiculous. So we don't bother with that at all, I'm afraid. Here's uh, Freshman getting hitched in the Caribbean. This is one of Westlife, I think. It's, is it Kean and Jodie Albert? They were out... Uh, on a, a boozy night out in Ireland. I don't think there's anything else. And here's the revolting Jack Tweed doing his uh, first all-night bender with uh, with a bunch of, let's just call them, sort of um, page three type girls. Anyway, he wasted no time in throwing a glitzy bash. They had lovely... Uh, the X Factor group JLS. What the hell they were doing there? I can't imagine with a convicted thug. Lauren Pope and... Um, Apparently, Jack was warned by his agent, Max Clifford, not to attend the bash. I didn't think that Max Clifford was handling him. Is he handling him? That'll be a new one for me. That would be very, very interesting. And uh, here's Paul Gascoigne, without that uh, strange creature he turned up with the other day, uh, who apparently is his new girlfriend. Jenny Faulkner, very unwisely modelling underwear. I don't know, how on earth can this woman appear on GMTV? She is appearing on GMTV. And now she's the new face and body of the Adore Moi collection. Dear God. God, aren't you a bit old for that kind of thing? She's 33. Yeah, and the rest of it, I should imagine. Listen, just about it this morning. 
Uh, if you go to photochris.co.uk, click on the Steve Allen link, you can join the seven and a half million other people who've had a look at the uh, pictures from uh, Monday. And, and you can ask the same question on the LBC website. Where's Simon Cowell? I'm surprised none of the papers have actually asked and, uh, and found out about that so far, because that would be the person that I would want to hear from on the whole subject of Susan Boyle. I would want to know exactly what was what was going on. Who's paying for it, to start with? Because it must be about 1,800 quid a day, I would think. Uh, and whether or not they've had to cancel the uh, the orchestra. Because you've booked for it. You've booked it all in. They're, they're presumably sitting there thinking, can she sing? And the answer is, well, not very well. She's OK. But she, no better than anybody singing in choirs, the length and breadth of this land. Go on to YouTube, check him out. Also check out the Danny LaRue stuff. Somebody's put some really good clips up of uh, Danny on there from the good old days and from his last appearance, which was in, I think, a place in Benidorm. It might have been a theatre over there. And it was a show in which they invited him on and they did a tribute to him and then they asked questions afterwards and he was on stage. So I, th- I think that's also on there, but I can't remember what it was called. But if you just type in Danny LaRue, then you'll find all of that. Uh, Nick will be with you after the news at seven. He'll be talking to uh, Danny's agent for 25 years, Brian Shaw, talking about uh, the European elections. And asking where the heck this Air France plane has gone. Why we can't track it down, I've got no idea. Although, having said that, I do remember pointing out to you some, uh, some time ago when we did a cruise with, uh, with the Godchildren. And for two days, two or three days, we saw not one ship on the ocean. Nothing at all. Nothing. Not even anything in the distance. I remember thinking, if the ship went down, and you do panic and you do think about that kind of thing, how long would it take them to find us? In the case of this Air France... It's taking them forever and a day that you would think there would be some beacon it would give out that would go beep, 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 and they could track it down. Goodness only knows where it is, but uh, is anybody surviving? Did it land, you know, on land, or is it over the sea? They think it's over the sea. We'll be back uh, tomorrow morning. Don't forget to podcast the programme. Check out the blog a little bit later on. We'll get it up as quick as possible. So we'll be back with you tomorrow morning, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Looking forward to your company between five and seven. Next with you after the news, which is next on LBC. We received devastating...